is happening to the surface of the planet Earth and to the living systems here in the Central Valley of California. I am Pegasus, your host for Peril and Promise, KCBP's half-hour weekly show regarding environmental injustice and human recovery from health hazards in California. In every episode of Peril and Promise, you'll hear about important environmental issues which are intertwined with our physical and mental health. Everyone in the Central Valley of California is impacted by the stories you'll hear in Peril and Promise. On today's show, we have Anthony Presto of the Valley Air Quality District, speaking of air quality and civilian incentives to cause less pollution in the Central Valley. We'll also learn some tips on how to protect human lungs from the hazards of the Valley's poor air quality. Let's start with a recorded interview of Mr. Anthony Presto of the Valley Air District, which operates and maintains an expansive network of air monitoring sites throughout the eight counties of the San Joaquin Valley. Our local air district operates under the authority of the California Air Resources Board. There are 38 monitoring sites that are currently in operation in the San Joaquin Valley, 24 of which are directly connected to the Valley Air Pollution Control District. This public resource, our air district, and the Air Quality Monitoring Network, it is a tool of the first line of defense against air pollutants, including ozone, particulate matter 10, and particulate matter 2.5, nitrogen oxides, sulfur oxides, hydrocarbons, and carbon monoxide. During each summer, the district operates a network of five photochemical assessment monitoring stations, which capture volatile organic compounds during the summer season. Here's Anthony Presto. Thanks a lot. Uh, Yes, Anthony Presto, and I'm an outreach and communications representative over at the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District. And our job at the Air District is trying to find every way we can to reduce air pollution in the San Joaquin Valley and protect public health. So in um, trying to reduce air quality hazards, how much of your job is focused on personal civilians versus industry and government polluters? Well, uh, you know, we cover all those areas, and and what we try to do is leave no stone unturned. So, uh, you know, we're we're a government agency, so we're a regulator, and we regulate all um, organizations that that pollute, basically, and and we require that that industry, businesses, public agencies, you know, if you've got a source of pollution, like maybe a large boiler or a gas station or, uh, you know, some type of other industry, Generally, the requirements are that you operate at best available control technology. And, and really, in a nutshell, what that means is if there's uh, whatever the cleanest established way to do something is, that's what you're required to do in the San Joaquin Valley because you know we don't meet federal uh, standards for particulate matter pollution and ozone pollution. Uh-huh. Thanks. Your agency is, is that local county governments that put the funding together to to make your job possible, or is it state funding? Uh, The funding comes from a variety of sources, and we cover from San Joaquin County all the way down to Kern. It's uh, eight counties in the San Joaquin Valley, and uh, it's the largest air basin in the United States with some of the worst air quality. However, air pollution and air quality uh, rates have improved dramatically since we started in 1992. A lot of the funding comes from the state, 
uh, from cap and trade. From, uh, there's there's a portion of uh, funding that comes from the federal government, and also from DMV fees and yeah. permit fees. So, so they are required to have a permit, and so a majority of our operating funds comes from those permit fees. However, a great deal more money goes into our incentive programs, and a large portion of that comes from the state. Okay, great. The work that you've done, I've you know read about. Um, it's always exciting to hear. The Valley Air District has been doing so much good work, and it's really inspiring. And I'm very grateful that that there is uh, government funding for such things because so a lot of our listeners know that there's other government programs or entities such as the military, which is the largest carbon footprint um, entity on the planet, the largest uh, fossil fuel consumer. And they're the biggest problem when it comes to climate chaos and climate change. So it's great to know that there's other government entities such as your own helping to mitigate some of the problems that is that are affecting the air quality. Well, you know, the, the state realizes that air quality is, is a very important issue throughout the state of California and, um, you know, has you know made a, the great decision of placing a, a lot of funding into cleaning the air, uh, you know, the effects of climate change. So, you know, there are, there's still a long way to go, even though a lot of improvement has been made. Originally, we had the, the uh, Clean Air Act, and there is a, a separate California Clean Air Act that has uh, required that we meet uh, certain standards for, for air pollution. Uh-huh. That sort of mandated the, exi- the, the coming into existence of the Valley Air District uh, back in 1992? Uh, right, and, and really the way it worked uh, originally is that every county... Uh, has its own environmental health department and originally the San Joaquin Valley was broken up into eight different air districts based on their their own public health departments and uh, environmental health departments uh, and ar- around that time the Environmental Protection Agency um, said you know you are one air basin you're not eight separate air basins and all of the air quality issues that take place in this air basin affect each other. Uh, So it makes a lot of sense to be one unified air pollution control district, and that's how it was formed in 1992. Great. One of the biggest, uh, or one of my favorite programs that you guys have been helpful with is the Drive Clean in the San Joaquin program. It's just, I was flabbergasted when I first heard about it. I've uh, broadcast on the Peril and the Promise about it at another time. It's just so important and so fascinating, and I wonder where that money comes from. And go ahead and explain the whole how that program works with turning in your old polluting car, et cetera. Right. It, it is so important because while, um, as a government agency in an air pollution control district, we're able to regulate stationary sources of air pollution, uh, we're not able to regulate mobile sources of air pollution. And since the, the air district uh, when it was formed in 1992, since then has adopted and enforces over 600 rules and regulations on stationary sources and has cleaned them up so much, the largest source of air pollution remains those that are mobile, everything that's on the road. And and residents in the San Joaquin Valley can make such a, uh, a big impact on air quality by changing what they drive, changing how they drive, and that's why the Drive Clean in the San Joaquin uh, program has three different aspects to it. If you're just tuning in, we have been listening to Anthony Presto of the Valley Air District. 
So just a few seconds from now, Anthony Presto will talk about the three aspects of the Drive Clean in the San Joaquin program. We'll be right back after a quick break. to Anthony Presto of the Valley Air District. Let's go back to this recorded interview. Drive Clean in the San Joaquin uh, program has three different aspects to it. There is the repair portion of it, which includes our tune-in and tune-up events that go on throughout the San Joaquin Valley. And you can always check our website and look into tune-in, tune-up to see when what one might be coming up near you. And that's where folks can take in their vehicles to get a free emissions test. And if they fail that test, just like if it was a, uh, a smog test, it's not an official smog test, but what TuneIn and TuneUp does is allows you to have a mock test to see if you would pass your real smog test. And if it fails, you get a $500 voucher to repair that vehicle so that you'll pass your real smog test. But it's also a screening tool because those vehicles that come through uh, from 1999 and older that fail a smog test are going to be allowed to go into our drive clean and the San Joaquin replacement uh, portion of that uh, program, where you could get up to $9,500 to get rid of that old gross polluter that fails a smog test and replace it with a newer, cleaner car. A lot of this is financial based. The lower your income and the cleaner car you get, the more of a financial uh, incentive that you'll get. So we're looking to replace these old gross polluters with electric cars and plug-in hybrid cars and hybrids. Not only are you looking to do it, but it's been a successful program. I know people that have benefited from this. Can you tell me some of the numbers? Like, is it just one car per year? How's that work? Oh, no. Hundreds of cars, um, you know, since we started this a, a few years ago, it, it, it may be larger than that. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but many cars throughout the San Joaquin Valley have been replaced, and we, we are talking at least in the hundreds, and that makes a dramatic uh, impact on improving air quality in the San Joaquin Valley. We, we do uh, try to get uh, you know, as many of these uh, folks into completely electric zero emissions vehicles as possible. Uh, and what we're doing is working with uh, several car dealerships like, like a CarMax, uh, you know, throughout the San Joaquin Valley. And the way it works is when uh, these residents get a, a voucher to replace their vehicle, they get to go and pick out their vehicle at that car dealership, and they leave their old gross polluter there that later goes to the junkyard to be uh, destroyed. And, and uh, many times, uh, you know, that up to $9,500 will pay for the entire vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That whether you've got the money or not, there out there, there are seven thousand, eight thousand uh, dollar, five year old electric vehicles that are pure electric. So that's um that's in the realm of some people's uh, money to just plunk down seven thousand dollars. But if they don't have that and they've got the uh, you know the income requirements as you specified, and as the program Drive Clean in the San Joaquin helps with, they could get that nine thousand five hundred and then turn in their old polluter. That's right. And, you know, the, the impact on improving air quality really goes a long way when people are doing this, whether it's, you know, keeping your car uh, running cleanly by getting it fixed so that you can, you know, pass your real smog test 
or get it completely replaced, uh, you know, with a new, very clean car. And another aspect of Drive Clean in the San Joaquin is a rebate program that, uh, you know, goes to the other end of the spectrum Work for the folks that can uh, buy a new car. So if you go and buy a new electric car in the San Joaquin Valley, uh, you could get as much as $3,000 back, uh, you know, so that it makes it a lot easier for the purchase that that a uh, new vehicle. And then the state has another uh, rebate program on top of that, so you can get two rebates and maybe get as much as $5,000 back. It's just wonderful that California's government, that, that there's money for this in our state. But These are, these are part of the um, uh, California Climate Investments uh, Program, okay. uh, which is uh, cap-and-trade dollars being put to work to reduce greenhouse gases and, and air pollution emissions. And what it does is, by providing these incentives, it also helps strengthen our economy and improve public health. Yeah. And a lot of it is particularly targeted toward disadvantaged communities. So, so this is you know one of the areas where the state and the California Resources Board is working together with us on making these improvements. Uh, also, some of the funding comes from DMV fees. There's a small portion of uh, DMV fees for registered uh, drivers in the San Joaquin Valley that goes towards these these uh, programs that improve the emissions from mobile sources. Yeah, thank you. And um, also in this uh, arena of electric vehicle driving, um, I know personally that uh, people that have driven for many years with an internal combustion engine uh, have a bit of a learning curve when it comes to uh, going to fully EV. And so I think that one of the things that helps with that is the ride share program. Yeah, you know, these are, are things that are going on throughout California, throughout the San Joaquin Valley. It's another aspect of uh, California climate investments. The state is finding certain locations that are disadvantaged communities and, and providing them with what's called a car sharing program. And specifically, they're um, using zero emissions vehicles. So close by in Delhi and Atwater, so you're looking at a couple in Merced County, where uh, these disadvantaged communities maybe are far away from from different sources of transportation. They need assistance with transportation. So for a very low cost, they can participate in these car sharing programs and, and use the electric vehicles that are provided. Uh, maybe, um, maybe it's an apartment complex that has the charging stations installed, or, or it's a, in the, um, the center of a, uh, a disadvantaged community uh, where it's a, an area that maybe everybody in that neighborhood could easily get to. And, and then those folks can use these vehicles for their uh, shopping or going to the doctor or maybe even getting to work for as low as maybe $5 an hour to basically rent a zero emissions vehicle. That's an amazing program. How long has that been going on? Uh, this is something that has only been going on for uh, maybe a year or two. It's a very new program uh, that we've been working on with, with uh, the California Resources Board and, and some other agencies like Green Commuter. Great. Um, and uh, how many um, city centers is this happening in? Um, right now, it's a, it's a handful. There's there's maybe about eight of these throughout the San Joaquin Valley. That's right. Okay. And is there plans for expanding? And, and the, the state is working on yeah. The, the state is working on on doing more of this kind of work. And Got and it. also uh, one of the things that's going on is 
is Assembly Bill 617, uh, which is another community effort. And uh, what happened there is uh, just a couple of years ago when this bill passed, targeting disadvantaged communities, what it does is it allows different communities that are selected by the state to receive additional funding and resources to help improve air quality in areas like, you know, there was three that are selected in the San Joaquin Valley, and we've already started this work in Shafter and uh, Central Fresno, and but just recently, Stockton, uh, to, we assemble a uh, community steering committee so that they can tell us where those needs are, and, and we can uh, develop a, a community air monitoring plan there and a put more air monitoring stations in that area, and also develop a community emissions reduction program. Yeah, great. Thanks for mentioning earlier the uh, cap and trade thing, because um, uh, there's a sense that like people shouldn't just be able to, if I'm understanding it correctly, they shouldn't just be able to pay a fee and, and get away with polluting, but then those fees are going to good causes. Um, and does cap and trade, does that seem like something that'll keep going on for California's future? You know, we would we would hope so. It doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon, and you know, it is very beneficial because it creates financial incentives for industries to invest in clean technologies and develop develop more innovative ways to reduce pollution. And so, those fees that they do pay, they go to great programs like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, are there any events you could mention uh, going on throughout the year? Because this program might play several times during the next year. But well, we definitely always want residents throughout the San Joaquin Valley and businesses to be looking at our website at valleyair.org and to check for the incentives that are available. The incentives usually are going on throughout the year, but uh, those that are specifically uh, scheduled are the tune-in and tune-up events because they are going on throughout the year, but in different locations. So you would want to look into tune-up to see if there is uh, one happening uh, in your location, because we do have them in Modesto and in Stockton and in Merced. And then there's also uh, workshops to help those folks that might be eligible for the replacement part of the of, um, Drive Clean in the San Joaquin. Uh, fill out their paperwork and get more information. And those are very casual events, you know, at a pizza place in a nearby town uh, where uh, staff will be taking those applications and, and uh, you know, explaining to uh, the residents that may have gone to the last tune-in, tune-up event and received a voucher how they can uh, participate fully in the program. Yeah, when if 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 we're lucky that the uh, electric vehicle rideshare program comes to our city, we'll be able to tell people about that. So thanks again. What's the website again? The website is valleyair.org, and then we also have healthyairliving.com. Okay. And we want to make sure that people also uh, use the tools that we have available to protect themselves when there are any kind of uh, air quality episodes, like maybe um, a wildfire taking place. Or um, sometimes in the wintertime, we could just have very poor air quality because uh, the inversion layer might set real low and it might be extremely cold and people uh, using their fireplaces uh, when they're not supposed to. So it's a good idea to check myran.com, and the way that's spelled is M-Y-R-A-A-N.com. Anthony Presto will be back in just a minute to talk more about resources for protecting our lungs in the Central Valley. 
Welcome back to Peril and Promise. We're having a recording today of Anthony Presto from the Valley Air District. It's a good idea to check myram.com, and the way that's spelled is M-Y-R-A-A-N.com. And you can check the air quality in your area anytime, day or night, and what that does is gives you current accurate air quality information so that you can take any type of precautions and you know before you're going to go out and walk the dog or jog you can check what the air quality is and it's especially uh, valuable for schools to check air quality before um, you know the kids go out to recess or have any type of outdoor sporting event in addition we have an app and it's free to download and it, it works like uh, the way RAM does and gives you current air quality information but you can also use it to check before you burn uh, we are in the, the uh, season of check before you burn. We want to make sure that if residents do uh, like to use their fireplace or wood stove, that they make sure it's a day that they can do so. And using the app, the Valley Air app, you can also place a complaint in there. And if you see something going on, like, like maybe there's a strange odor that's making you feel ill or you think that there's some type of burning going on that shouldn't or you no know, we definitely want to have the information so that one of our inspectors can uh, check it out because we always do follow up on all complaints and on the the note of uh, personal safety I, I was just thinking a few years ago there was the the campfire up in paradise and i saw people in san francisco and so many other places because the air quality the smoke from the wildfire Everybody was wearing masks, and we usually don't do that so much in California. Um, I'm not sure uh, how, uh, if there's any program for people to be able to get free masks or how that works when, when the air quality is that bad. If you guys have any incentives for, um, for air quality within a home... You know, that's exactly why we do have the Real-Time Air Advisory Network, or RAN, uh, for instances like this. You know, when it comes to those masks, sometimes they don't work. You, you, they have to fit properly, and they can restrict how well you can breathe. Sometimes the public health agencies uh, have programs in some counties during certain events where they might have them available for the public. Uh, but what we focus on is uh, giving those tools that are available on our website or using the Valley Air app so that people know what the air quality is like outside. And the best thing that you can do when air quality is not healthy outdoors is to remain indoors in a uh, filtered air conditioned environment. That, that we uh, believe that that's the best way that you can protect yourself during these types of events. Yeah, thank you. And, and I also remember something else from one of those uh, wildfires in the past few years where um, to be able to give out information when we find it that there's a certain shopping mall or other place that has really good air quality inside because of what they've installed in their buildings so that the public uh, can have a place to be, uh, or especially the homeless population when they don't have an indoors to go to. Collecting that data more and being able that our station at KCPP, we could be telling people about these kinds of things when there are um, public hazards. That's a great public service. Yeah. Thank you for um, your time today and, and telling us more about your agency. Thank you for having me. And, and uh, just want to remind residents and listeners one more time, our uh, website is valleyair.org. You can check air quality anytime, day or night at myran.com. You can uh, download for free on your mobile device the Valley Air app. And if you don't have access to these types of 
these types of uh, you know mobile devices or internet. Maybe you're old school and you still uh, just have to use a telephone to get the uh, air quality information. You can dial one eight hundred smog info. One eight hundred smog info. That was a pre-recorded interview with Anthony Presto of the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District. As Anthony said, you can learn more about the incentives for curtailing pollution at their website, valleyair.org. Again, that's valleyair.org. I am your host, Pegasus, and this discussion got me doing some research online into personal health precautions we can take to protect our lungs here in the Central Valley. The first thing I learned about was a website that gives live updates on air quality, helping the public know about particulate matter, or PM. This website is called purpleair.com and gives real-time info on your local air quality hazards. If you have an indoor place where you live, you can install air filtration equipment that uses high-efficiency particulate air, or HEPA filters. That's high-efficiency particulate air filters. Unfortunately, no filter completely blocks the ultravine particulate matters, or PMs. Any filter will merely minimize the exposure of your lungs to pollution. If you can afford it and have an indoor place to live, there are ultra-low particulate air filters designed to remove 99.999% of particulates, which are 0.12 microns or larger. But most of the ultra-fine particulates are smaller than that. And another line of defense, which is not about air filters, is about boosting your own immunity through the food that you take in, the food you consume, since food can be medicine. Some folks have found that they can minimize the air pollution hazards in the Central Valley when they are getting the following nutrients in their bodies. Those nutrients are antioxidant-rich veggies and vitamins C, E, B6, B9, and B12. Again, those vitamins are C, E, B6, B9, and B12. So you can make sure your diet has plenty of inflammation-fighting foods. Getting these nutrients is a way to boost your lungs and whole body defenses against air pollution. been listening to Peril and Promise, KCBP's half-hour show regarding environmental injustice and human recovery from health hazards in California. More information on today's show can be found at kcbpradio.org. This show is hosted by Pegasus and produced by the Peace Life Center of Modesto. Thank you for tuning in to Peril and Promise here on KCBP 95.5 FM. Our theme music of Peril and Promise is a performance by Alzara Getz of Dorothy's Melting. Mm-hmm.